0: Disclaimer. Please check your playback settings. Ensure you are listening to this podcast at normal speed. Unless you want us to sound drunk. Then play at half speed.
1: Thank you. Back in 1989. All right, Dan.
2: Are we ready to do this? Sure thing, Tom. You bet. Okay, guys, let's get this going. So we're going to be doing a follow-up to our last game in the hard kill setting. Awesome! Awesome! It's going to be, all right, that's a two, uh, ooh, Airport Cowboy.
1: Ooh. Ooh. So what? It's going to take place in an airport?
3: Awesome. I love planes. I'm playing a pilot in one of my other campaigns. I pilot F-14 Tomcats at school.
1: So how long ago since the last campaign? Was it like 10 years or has it been like 20?
3: Um...
2: One. Just one year. So, we open in an airport.
3: on Christmas. Christmas! Just like the last campaign. Awesome! I love when the same stuff happens to the same guy twice.
2: Josh, since your character died in the last game, we need to roll you a new character.
1: Ah, can this character be my old character's brother? Um. No. Maybe next time. Ah! Well then. Um, I want my character to be a uh, former Navy SEAL and an expert in karate and knives and guns. Yeah,
2: he's really good at guns.
3: That's dumb. You can't do all that.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, Josh, you gotta roll for all that. But you'll never get all of that. Uh, pfft. Yes, I will. You'll see. Ha! What'd I say?
3: What?! Uh, no, Tom, you can't let him do that.
2: Dan, he got the dice. The dice said so. So, Josh is a karate knife gun master navy seal. Woohoo!
3: Cowabunga! Oh, for frick's sake. I'm just a cop. Fine, but I get to keep my shoes on this time. You should start off half naked or something.
2: Now we just need to roll the bad guys. How much longer is this going to take? Uh not long. Several hours later. Done. Alright, I think we got it all set up now, so let's get this game started. Finally. Gosh. Guys,
1: guys, my parents just got back from Blockbuster. They rented Batman. But the game. Come on, Tom, we can play this later. We've got all weekend.
3: I guess. Yeah, let's watch a movie, guys. Rise and shine, campers.
1: Put on your booties, because it's cold outside. It's cold out there every day. That's right, woodchuck-chuckers, it's... Groundhog day. day! It's the Groundhog Day Parade to Punxsutawney. We've got everything here in this here parade. Hey, it's Hoosiers with Gene Hackman. Oh, and uh, Dennis Hopper. in Speed. Oh, wow. Now we have Keanu Reeves in... Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh, my God. And William Sadler.
3: Die Hard 2. Oh,
2: my God. Bruce Willis. Armageddon. Don't look now. Don't look now. It's Ken Hudson Campbell. 2... Groundhog's Day! Day. Parade down the streets of Punxsutawney with Dan, Tom, and Josh every Tuesday at the Fire Pit as they make their way down to the most timeless holiday of the season, Groundhog's Day! The winter may be long, but hey, they got you, babe! Do-do! Disclaimer, don't do what we tell you to do in this episode.
3: Good evening, bots and listeners, and welcome to another thrilling episode of The Fire Pit. I'm Dan, British name Nigel, and after beating death at his own gains, we're still waving at the crowd and watching the band march on the parade to Puxtani towards Groundhog Day, the 1993 dramedy starring Bill Murray. But before we get there, we need to get our sequel-itis out of the way. And now to tell us about what we're watching and who we're watching, Josh.
0: Thank you, Dan. Brilliant segue as always. I love it when you talk about sequels. <laughs> I'm Josh, British name Reginald. And last week we watched William Sadler as the Grim Reaper lead Bill and Ted on one of the most bogus journeys that we've watched here on the Fire Pit. And tonight we will follow one William Sadler as he tries to send Bruce Willis to the afterlife in 1990s Die Hard 2. Die Harder. Yes, that's the real title. They worked very hard and probably got paid more than you make in a year for coming up with that name. But now, to give us a rundown on the film, I'm going to go send things over to Tom. Thompson?
2: Well, thank you, Reginald. Thompson here. American name Tom. And as mentioned, we are sticking with sequels right now and watching 1990s Die Hard 2 Die Harder. The sequel to the 1988 Christmas classic. Look it up. It's Christmas movie, Die Hard. This movie, directed by Rennie Harlan, released on 29 June 1990, has a runtime of 124 minutes. The budget for this one was around $62-70 give or take a bit, and a box office of $240.2 million, the highest profit of any Die Hard film, which is impressive considering it's one of the more well, aside from the most recent Die Hard, one of the uh least remembered. Man, ones. with a box
0: office return like that, you know, that just that just oozes need more sequels. Cause clearly clearly this is a money making uh Well now, in the
3: in the defense at the time, one, this is only the first sequel to Die Hard. They didn't know that they were gonna be two or three more after this. Uh and two I mean, sequels make money usually, so I can see why they did. Also, Die Hard was a huge hit. Like Die Hard was a really big hit movie, and I can see why the, the appeal of a sequel would be. Yeah, let's go see that. I can't believe they're making a sequel to Die Hard, and they go and see it, and a lot of people want to go see that movie.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, lethal weapon did get four movies, and apparently, working on a fifth.
3: Yeah, no, they might. I think they're working on a fifth or fifth Die Hard now, so it's like, you know. 6
2: they They're on six with Die Hards now, because the fifth one was with his son oh, right, Another gosh. Day yeah. to yeah. Die
3: Hard. No, that was that was a good day to Die Hard.
0: Yeah, a good day to Die Hard. Shit, I think I just gave Hollywood the name of their next movie.
3: <laughs> Please
2: don't. We don't need to give them any more, Josh. They just need to let this die. Not even hard. hard. With a vengeance. <sighs> but Another I'm, day. Damn it, Josh. And we're free.
1: <laughs> Live free. A good day.
3: Damn it. (laughs) Go on, Tom. Please continue with your rundown before we trample all over it.
2: No, I was going to say, I I would like to think that some people would be pained by Josh. But no, I think there's a lot of people that like these puns enough because this film honestly has a pretty decent score. It's got a 7.2 on IMDb with a 69% nice <laughs> freshness on Rotten Tomato with a 70% audience score. So honestly, I mean, it's not as highly rated as the original Die Hard, which I think is what? almost a 10 star on IMDb. But yeah, yeah, this one still brings in the audience, which I'm surprised about. I thought it was going to be a clunker, but nope. Nope, it made its bank and got the eyes. So yeah, okay, I can see why Hollywood said, let's keep doing this five or six more times, guys. Yeah, well, the the
3: sequel to this one is a pretty big hit too. Die Hard with a Vengeance was a big hit too. Bruce
0: McLean and uh, Nick Fury?
3: John McLean. Jesus Josh.
0: Oh, I'm sorry <laughs> I got the names wrong. I am such a horrible person for doing that. You are. And the internet will note this
2: forever.
0: I apologize to our seven listeners and 30 bots.
2: 31 bots now. Don't 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 diminish them. Well I mean give them credit though. I mean they went what ten years between Die Hard Two and Die Hard Three? This one was right five after years.
0: It was five years. Two years between Die Hard eighty eight was Die Hard, eighty ninety Die Hard Two and Die Hard with a Vengeance was ninety five.
2: Yeah, so they at least gave it some time to settle down a little bit before they jumped into number three. This one was like, what, not the the pain had even dried, like, we got to get a second one out, guys. Well, that was
0: the 80s in general. They they would throw out movies, like, quick. I mean, like in Home Alone and Home Alone 2, I mean, granted, those were early 90s. There was a year between those two movies. But, like, I think we had uh, the Lethal Weapon movies. The first three were out within a five-year time span. I, correct me if I'm wrong on this. But like, uh, what else? I think Ghostbusters. That was a uh, eighty. Was it 86?
2: Ooh, I don't remember. No, because I think I
0: think those had a I think those had a little longer time frame because I think Ghostbusters two came out in ninety ninety
3: one. Eighty nine is Ghostbusters two because that was and I think, Yeah, because nineteen eighty nine was a big big year for movies. It's Ghostbusters two, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, uh, uh, Batman. You know, to Tim Burton Batman, like 89 is a very big year for lots of block. But
0: I know movies. the 80s had a short turnaround for sequels like that. And the 90s tried to do it, but they just decreased the quality of the sequels usually. Except for Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls.
3: Yeah. Although there is a pretty big time gap between Die Hard with a Vengeance and Live Free or Die Hard. that The fourth one. I still don't understand why they
2: resurrected that beast.
0: 12 years, yeah. Jason Long was uh, very popular and he wanted to do Die Hard. So they made it PG-13. And he said, yippee-ki-yay, mother gunshot.
3: No, no, no. They, no they, he they, says fucker in the movie. It's like, because it's a PG-13 movie. You get one. You get one, one, yeah, you get one F word.
0: No, no, that was a yippee Kaye yay He said it, but he was like overshadowed with a gunshot. yippee Kaye mother gunshot. Yeah,
2: they the, they dropped the a hard F somewhere else in that movie. I can't remember where, but it was way earlier. And it's like, you wasted your F bomb in a movie where your tagline is motherfucker. Or excuse me, yeah, Yippee motherfucker.
3: Yeah, that's his catchphrase. I mean, that you yeah. know, <laughs> and uh, yeah,
2: which was an improv line, incidentally. Yeah, um, but I, you know, I, I, I I got, just, got speaking of, of here, trivia, yes, speaking of trivia, <laughs> yes. So, so Nigel, so tell us a little bit of trivia on this film. He said, gradually segueing into that mm-hmm. segment. Brilliant segue, so guys. Gr- so we gradual. Are so,
3: we are so good with the segues. It's amazing just how good we are. 44 episodes in with the segues. It's amazing.
2: It's amazing. Segway, segway reps, come calling. We can, we'll talk. It is. We are on
3: Olympic level now. Anyways, uh, I've got thoughts on the other Die Hard sequels, if we ever get to them. I kind of hope we do someday, although we can take our time getting to A Good Day to Die Hard. We, we can... We can take our time getting to that one. Speaking of Die Hard sequels, this is actually Bruce Willis's least favorite Die Hard film. Uh, he feels it's too similar to the first one. And for this reason, he's named it his least favorite of the first four Die Hard films. However, he's softened on it over the years because he's never outright disowned this movie the way he did A Good Day to Die Hard. In fact, uh, he hates A Good Day to Die Hard. <laughs> That's okay, Bruce. We all hate A Good Day to Die Hard. But the only difference between us and you is I didn't get paid to make that movie. You did. You collected that money. You knew what you were doing. So, yeah.
2: Hey, I'm not going to judge. Someone throws $30 million at me to make a bullshit film. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um, Bruce Willis' personal favorites outside of the first one are uh, three because he loved working with Samuel L. Jackson. And four because he actually kind of liked working with uh, Justin Long as well. So, But he does not like this one and he does not like A Good Day to Die Hard. Another little bit of trivia. This movie is famous or infamous uh, in the amazing world of television dubbing. When the movie came out for broadcast TV in the early 90s, um, they had to edit quite a bit of the swearing out because, you know, for the younger people in the audience, uh, broadcast TV is very strict on uh, language and violence. So when a movie comes out on broadcast television, uh, it's got to be edited like crazy I and mean, this movie has a ton of f-bombs in, in it so including um you know john McClane's famous line yippee ki motherfucker uh well this one it had to be dubbed with actors who sounded exactly nothing like the actors in the movie and at the end of the movie when he says his yippee ki motherfucker it's dubbed yippee-ki-yay mister falcon and it sounds nothing like bruce willis there's no character named falcon in the movie it's amazing yippee-ki-yay mister falcon It's amazing. So I thought that was kind of funny. Another thing for the younger people in the audience, another uh, one of my favorite TV tropes is unintentional period piece. You're going to notice how lax airport security is in this movie compared to what it is in this post 9-11 world. Yeah, he practiced. Well, actually literally gets away with murder in an airport that doesn't get shut down or the police don't swarm it or you know anything like that it is kind of funny going back and watching and knowing that i know that they they up some of the stuff for a drama for for the drama of the movie um like when he's smoking in an airport cafe or when the passengers are smoking in their airplane that's truth in television folks they were actually allowed to do that back then that's kind of amazing i
2: remember when airplanes had like little ashtrays in the um the uh, armrests too,
3: right? Right. They had a smoking sign that would light up when um you could uh when you could smoke during a during a flight and all that. Yeah, but it's like I said, if you're you're not used to that now in this like I said post nine eleven world where airports are have tighter security than Fort Knox, uh, then yeah, it, it could be a little jarring.
2: I mean, is there a scene where he's running through a freaking baggage claim and having a gunfight?
3: Yeah, and like if that had actually happened. In America today, the airport would be shut down. We would think it would be back then, too. There was a gunfight in
2: baggage claim. I get it's the 80s slash 1990, but come on.
3: Yeah, it's just like I said, it's a little weird to see it now. And then my last two little bits of trivia... Uh, the dictator guy that's supposed to be uh, the the reason why the terrorists are doing what they're doing in this movie, he comes from the fictional Latin American country of Valverde. Fans of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Commando will recognize the fictional country in Latin America called Valverde. So it's confirmed, it's canon. Die Hard Two takes place in the same universe as Commando.
2: <laughs> I want to believe that somewhere out there is yeah, an Arnold Schwarzenegger yes,
0: A S E U. Yes
3: and. And the last bit of trivia. Speaking of Commando, speaking of Arnold Schwarzenegger, that movie. I'm not
0: wearing indie underpants.
3: Awesome, that's.
0: Speaking of Commando, he-
2: that's more trivia it-
3: than we needed. Okay. Yeah, that's that's called useless information. But <laughs> no. Speaking of commando, speaking of Arnold Schwarzenegger, that movie's really famous or popular for a lot of the one-liners in Commando, which I, I hope we get to that movie someday. That's the whole, you know, I promised to kill you last. I lied, you know, stuff like that. Like that movie's got so many one-liners. Well, speaking of one-liners, in the original Die Hard, John McClane only had a few one-liners. Willis actually ad-libbed many of the famous ones that the first Die Hard movie. Uh, Some of the famous ones that he ad-libbed were the whole welcome to the party, pal. And what the hell do you think I'm doing? Ordering a fucking pizza when he's trying to get help? Test audiences love the uh, ad-libbed one-liners. So in this one, the script gave him more one-liners and he was given more freedom with the character. So he actually added a bunch of his own one-liners in this movie and including an entire monologue which uh, ended up being the famous what are you doing, John? moment in the movie where he's monologuing to himself about how the same shit happens to the same guy twice. That's all I got for now. I'll go through some more, maybe uh, my final thoughts, or maybe uh, as the movie progresses, I don't want to go on too long. But Josh, why don't you give me some uh, box office info for this movie? What was the box office like in 1990 when Die Hard was coming out?
0: Well, uh, this is going to feel a little bit deja vu-y for you guys, but this movie was released, as we said earlier, in uh, July of uh, yeah 1990. It opened at number one, and it ran until uh, first weekend in September of that year So so decent run 10 weeks in the box office but uh guess what movie it displaced like uh it was uh, the movie it displaced was on its second week it premiered at number one
3: okay 1990 1990 uh, I don't want to google
0: this um just take a quick guess what I will give you this hint and this hint only okay we've watched it on the podcast
3: We've and, watched 19, and, oh, um,
2: dead calm
1: no thank God close but no cigar.
3: That was my guess, Nigel. Um, I'm drawing a blank. I know it, too. It's on the tip of my tongue. And when Josh says it, I'm going to feel so stupid.
0: You will. You will. Inadvertent trivia section. Days of Thunder.
2: Damn it. Uh, I knew it. Damn damn it. I knew it. Uh. Oh yeah! Really? It was on its second. Week? Well, of course, it's Die Hard two. Of course, it's gonna like everyone's gonna want to see. So that. the
0: box office is very similar to that weekend. Uh, the only other movie that premiered that weekend was Jetsons the movie. So the the box office the top five look like this. At number five was Total Recall. Number four was Jetsons. That pulled in five million. And Number three was Dick Tracy on its fourth week of release, pulling in six million. Second place was Days of Thunder. On its second week of release, pulling in $10 million, and Die Hard 2 premiered at number one, pulling in $21 million, roughly 10% of its overall domestic gross. Other notables on this particular week was that number seven was RoboCop 2, number eight, the very famous and, what's the word I'm looking for, the under-acclaimed Ghost Dad, Gremlins 2, Pretty Woman, and a personal favorite of mine, You've heard the podcast. You'll know that I know I love this movie. Back to the Future Part 3.
3: It's amazing that at one point in time in this universe, in this exact timeline that we're living in now, for one weekend, more people paid to see Ghost Dad then back then back to the future part 3 <laughs> <laughs> and i don't care how many weeks i don't care how many weeks back to the future part 3 had been out i would have rather seen and paid full price for back to the future part 3 every single goddamn week it was out than see ghost dad once and that's if with a free ticket to ghost dad if they said we'll give you a free ticket to ghost dad or you have to pay full price to see back to the future part 3 you don't get to choose any of the other movies you just have to choose back to the future part 3 i'm like i'm going to go watch back to the again
0: Make and I will sure gladly pay. Here's my money. To pick Ghost Ed for a movie just to piss Dan.
3: We are absolutely never watching Ghost Ed.
0: Exclamation, ever. exclamation, exclamation, question mark.
3: Conversely, it's not the worst thing Bill Cosby's ever done. But, <laughs> but that's a story for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, it was a very exciting weekend. Um, It was at number one for uh, two weeks, finally getting displaced in July 20th by uh, Ghost. That's it, just Ghost. Not Ghost Dad, but just Ghost.
3: No, 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 that's a good movie. Ghost is a good movie.
0: So uh, Ghost displaced that, but Ghost displaced it on its second week of release, so that's kind of interesting, because Ghost premiered the week before, and then Ghost displaced it the week after. The 90s was a very different place in the box office. That shit would never happen in the modern box office?
3: Uh, it, I, I'm almost willing to bet it was word of mouth. It was like, probably ghost was a movie that a lot of people weren't excited about. And then a bunch of people went to go see, and then they went and told other people, you have to go see this movie. Pro-
0: I mean, ghost ended up doing really well. I'm not going to get into the details on that one, but yeah, you wouldn't see that in the modern box office, um, a movie on its second week overtaking a movie.
2: Well, like- I mean, it's die hard too. I'm, I'm sure going back to the word of mouth, most people came out of that film. Their friends were like, Oh, how was it? It's like, It's just like the first one, only on an airplane. Okay. Yeah, whereas Patrick's... So so what should
1: you see next week? Go see Ghost, Chad. Ghost? Okay. (laughs) I'll go
0: see Ghost. Go see Ghost. (laughs) So anywho, Tom... (laughs) You want to tell us about some more info about the movie itself
2: and the directorial and actors and all that other good jazz? The technical details of the film, please. I'll do my best here, Josh. Um, I'm cognitively calling this one what we can expect because a lot of people have never seen or even really heard of this film. But sometimes you can guess what a film's going to be like and what you're going to get into by the people who make the so film. So the metadata. The metadata. Thank you. I'm stealing that because that's good. So, I mean, if you're going into this one blind, you got the director, Rennie Harlan, who, um, before this, if you liked uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, um, you had that. But other than that, most of his stuff was just schlocky stuff. And even now, it's like his biggest hits since then were um, The Long Kiss Goodnight, Driven a few episodes of Bird Notice, and Deep Blue Sea. So if you like those films, I mean, this is the kind of director you'd like. He's a director who likes doing cheesy stuff. The writers, also an A-team of schlock action. Stephen E. Souza, I think we've seen before in a few other films. And Doug Richardson. Stephen going back, was the writer on Commando. So that's probably why there's that nod to the um, the One Town. Also, The Running Man and uh, Die Hard. And after this, for those that like these films, he also did Judge Dredd and Street Fighter. Again, action schlock. Doug Richardson also, Bad Boys, uh, Money Train, and Welcome to Mooseport. <laughs> so if you like the writing on those films, these are the guys that did this. As for the actors behind this, you have, of course, the returning stars from the original reginald val johnson al powell himself who i believe was the dad on family matters before this he did um some bit parts on crocodile dundee and was a jail guard in ghostbusters and after this um yeah not much else but again Once you peek at Family Matters, dude. And of course, Bruce Willis as the John McClane. Honestly, before this, he was in comedies. He was a comedy actor. Moonlighting, Blind Date, and the voice of Mikey the Baby from Luke Who's Talking. And after this, he was the voice of Mikey in Luke Who's Talking, too. So this was back also when he cared about his roles. This was when he actually... (laughs) tried he liked acting nowadays i mean so if you want to see a bruce willis when he actually cared that's fine and of course the villain cast we got some character actors here of course william sadler star of stage and screen we know him here on the podcast this is a three four pete actually this is a four pete he was in the green mile he was in of course bill and ted's bogus journey and he was in shawshank redemption So four times we've seen this man on this podcast. And of course, for those that like modern films, Iron Man 3, The Mist, and Star Trek, Deep Space Nine. He was in a few episodes.
3: Yeah, he's Sloan, the Section 31 agent.
2: Yes, he is. And with him is Franco Nero, who plays Esperanza primarily Italian actor um, who you've seen uh, as Julius in John Wick and also as Amerigo Veseppi in Django Unchained, uh, which is a nod to his role as the original Django. This guy's career goes back all the way to the 60s, primary Italy, but he does everything. And when he's a villain, oh, he's so good. And just to add a little you know sheen to this delicious pie, we got Mark Boone Jr., for those who love the Mandalorian was Ranzer Malk, who went out with a boom in that show. Yeah. And Colm Meany, Miles O'Brien. Yes, who is
3: awesome. worked who worked with, wait for it. Sloan
2: on Deep Space 9 There we go. We got a Star Trek connection. So for those that like you know schlocky stuff that's just nothing but explosions and fun, that's the exact film you're gonna get out of this. So that's what we know we're expecting to get out of this film. But what are we expecting to get out of this film? And Nigel, Real quick,
0: real quick, real quick before you segue. um, For those playing the fire pit drinking game, you got to drink twice now. Because we've had two Star Trek references. Now, continue.
2: Thank you, Josh. Yes. But then, what are your expectations having seen this film before?
3: Uh, I've seen it. I think I've seen it within the last year. I tend to skip this one when I do a Die Hard marathon. I I actually skip this one usually and go from Die Hard to Die Hard with a Vengeance. And, And even watch Live Free or Die Hard before I watch this one. Only because those movies all have different plots. This movie really is almost identical to the first one. The only difference is the setting. And in this one, the terrorists are not actually thieves. Or, as Hans Gruber put it, I'm an exceptional thief. They're actually terrorists, so that's main. That's the main difference, but that being said, I still think it's a fun movie, and I think um, looking on what the other Die Hard sequels have become, this one's not the worst one anymore, it's got that going for it, but as far as sequels to action movies go, I would put this one behind Lethal Weapon 2. See what I mean? Like, I think Lethal Weapon 2 is better than Die Hard 2 because Lethal Weapon 2 has a different plot than Lethal Weapon 1, whereas this movie has a lot of the same plot as Die Hard 1. But, I don't know, um, like I said, it's a fun movie, and I'll save a lot of my thoughts, uh, comparisons between this one and the first one for my final thoughts after the movie's over because I need to see it again. Like, I haven't seen it in a while, so I kind of want to watch it again with, with a critical eye. You know, normally I just watch it when... I want to turn my brain off and just see a fun movie. Cause there are some parts about this movie I do like. So um, I'm expecting to have fun though tonight. I really am expecting to have fun watching this movie again. What about you, Josh? Well,
0: that was a quick segue. Thank you, Dan. Um... <laughs>
3: <laughs> I didn't want to ramble.
0: I know. Um, no, I like this movie and yes, for the most part, I do agree. It does have a lot of the same beat for beats, but I love some of the twists and turns this movie has. Like I would definitely say that this isn't my least favorite of the Die Hard series. Um, I almost want to say that if I had to rank them, I would definitely say Die Hard, Die Hard with a Vengeance, and it would be a toss up between uh, Live Free or Die Hard and this one at number three. They're both very out there, and I. But the thing is, if I, I recently went through and rewatched them all, and I the only one I didn't watch was the last one. I, I will always hit this one up if I'm doing a Die Hard watch. I've watched it many times as an adult, so I know exactly what I'm getting out of it. I mean, I have seen Die Hard, but I'm not expecting a lot out of this one. I'm just I know I'm going to enjoy it. It's campy fun. I know the movie pretty much beat for beat. But yeah, my expectations are just average. Tom?
2: Uh, uh this film. I've only seen three parts of this film, and all three parts were spoiler parts in the movie. <laughs> I have never seen it substantially but I, I've, it's, it's like the old Simpsons one where Homer's watching the, Mc, the McBain or whatever on the TV screen, the, the movie. It's like, so you want to rent it? It's like, why? I've just seen the best parts. That's kind of how I'm going into this. And even then, when I saw those bits, I just like, this is nothing like how Die Hard is supposed to be. It's that beginning of John McClane being the fish-out-of-water cop and going into John McClane, just another 80s action star. But now I'm going to preface this. Just seeing clips of a movie does not necessarily make a movie. So I'm not optimistic. It's got a bad taste in my mouth going in. But I've been surprised before. Aquaman had the same flavor when I went into it, and I actually walked out surprisingly entertained
3: by it. So I'm hoping this will surprise me, but (sighs) yeah, I will. I'll say this in the defense of this movie. You said it earlier when you were giving your, uh, what to expect. If you want to go back and see movies where Bruce Willis tried, um, this is one of them because it actually isn't that bad. If you really enjoy Die Hard one, you'll like this movie. It's not, you'll recognize it's not as good, but you'll like it. Um, so I'll say that because Bruce Willis does actually try in this movie. And one of the reasons why he doesn't try anymore is because everyone hates working with him. So he's a hard time finding work. So now he's been regulated to the direct to DVD bin um, in movies that he's featured on the cover and very rarely acts in. So,
2: well, in his defense, I mean, since like the 90s, he's been expected to be John McLean in a John McClane film. It's like, am I going to act? No, I'm John McClain again. Okay whatever, it's buying another house for me. Well,
3: that, or he actually got away from John McClane for a little while. Like he, when he did Die Hard with a Vengeance, he didn't do another Die Hard movie until 2007. He tried to get away from doing John McClane and he only went back to John McClane. Yeah,
0: he has two roles though. He has two roles. He has John McClane or soggy uh, Bruce Willis, aka Six Sense. Yeah. <laughs> Those are his only two roles.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I'm just saying, that, like I said, it, this movie isn't I, I I say it's not as good as the first one, but it's an enjoyable action flick. It's it's in the same realm with me as Lethal Weapon three, you know,
2: and the beginning of Die Hard in a dot dot dot. Right, yeah. But speaking of Die Hard, so you guys have seen all five Die Hards, right? Yes. Yes. Well, that's good because guess who's got the quiz today?
3: Fuck oh, you, God.
0: Josh, for losing. I know it's all my fault.
3: Next time I'm on quiz, Josh, I'm just gonna email you the answers. But
0: this is give you guys some weird deja vu. I mean, this is something about a renegade cowboy and an airport. I just something. I'm drawing a blank. Like,
2: you know, I don't know. No, I mean, not, not like
0: some weird deja vu. I don't. I don't know. I'm sorry. I just just something about this
2: movie just is nostalgic. Besides the fact that it came out in my youth.
0: I don't yeah, I know. Go ahead, that. Tom. Just- yeah,
2: no, I get that. Well, maybe this quiz will help jog our memory because, I mean, this is a plot that's been told before, technically five times. And I'm going to check to see how much you guys are paying attention to those other five times. So I'm stealing a bit from earlier quizzes. There have been five diehards total. And for this quiz, I will give you a quote. And you have to guess which diehard that quote comes from. Can we just agree that
0: Dan did it better?
2: Not yet, because it's my (laughs) turn now.
0: Without you doing yours, Dan did it better.
2: I'm kidding. Go ahead. (laughs) I'm the diehard, too. I'm going to show you up. Now, I'm going to make it easy. All of these quotes are John McClane lines. So you don't have to be like, well, that's William Sadler or anything like that. No, you don't have to worry about that. And of course, seeing as how some of these films are a bit... Less watched than others, I'll be doing kind of standard rules. Person who gets closest to the right movie gets a point, but the person who gets right on the money gets two points.
0: Wait, wait, wait. wait. So you're going to be giving us a quote from the movie, and we have to guess the movie. Yes. So you get closer. So, like, say if it's Die Hard 2, and I say Die Hard 3, and Dan says Die Hard 5, I get it because I'm closer.
2: You know, I was trying to make it competitive, but you're right. That is a dumb rule. So I'm just going to go back <laughs> to the standard rules. You to, Fuck you, Josh, for losing. <laughs> I know. What have I got done? Oh. No, no, I'm just going to stick to that rule. If you get it right, you get the point. Perks with the most points at the end of five questions wins. And I do have a few that will I can use for, like, um, if we you know get a tie. That said, um... Who gave the quiz last week? Was it It was Dan. Yeah,
0: because I lost. You, stupid, yes, is, well, stupid. That's why we're me. in this
3: fucking predicament. Oh,
2: God. What's wrong with me? Okay, so. But, I'm so sorry, Dan. You, know, well, Dan. you should be. You should be, Josh. And because of that, I'm going to let Dan go first.
0: To nobody's surprise.
2: Yes. <laughs> okay. So, let's see here. I think I'm going to go with... Okay, so this one, quote. Who do you think you are, Hillary
3: Clinton? Live free or die hard.
2: Josh?
0: I think Dan's got
2: it, but I'm going to go a good day to die hard. You're both wrong. That's die hard with a vengeance.
3: Uh, You know, as soon as I said my answer, I had a feeling that was that one. No points on the score. When did he say that? I think it's when he was in Harlem with the very racist sign.
2: That he oh yeah.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So this one, Josh,
2: command center. It's a basement. Um,
0: command center. live for your diehard. Yeah. I, live for your diehard. Live
3: for your
2: diehard. You're both guessing live for your diehard. Yeah. Yeah. You both got it. Yeah. Cause <laughs>
0: that's the scene he talked about with Kevin Smith.
2: Yes. Okay, I obviously picked an easy one on that one. Okay, you both get the point then. So, question number three. I guess I gotta make this a little more challenging. Okay, Dan, I'm on fucking vacation! A good day to
3: die hard. Josh?
0: Yeah, because he was on probation, and three, he was.
2: Oh, is it. Wait, wait. Can I change my answer? I think it's answer? a good.
0: No, I think it's a uh, live free or die hard.
2: Can I change my answer?
0: No, no, it's die hard too.
2: Dan, you said you wanted to trade your answer. I was gonna say Die
3: Hard too.
2: Yeah, it's Die Hard too. You're both saying Die Hard too. Mm-hmm. Dan, you should have stuck with A Good Day to Die Hard.
3: Oh shit! Well, I've only seen that one once.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah, me too. Okay, Wilders. Well, so we're three questions in, and you're each tied on one. <laughs> Tom, this was dumb. Go ahead. Well, I had a whole thing that whoever got closest also got a point, but no, that's all right. So, all right, Josh. Okay. Question number four. Okay. Let me ask you something. What sets off the metal de- detectors first? The lead in your ass or the shit in your brains? Die Hard 2.
3: Yeah, it's Die Hard 2. Yeah, it's, God damn it. I really <laughs> sh- You really should have done a better quiz. I,
0: yes, yes, because we've both watched these movies several times. With the and exception. I know
3: exactly, I know that exact scene. I, I know exactly yeah. that, that exact scene.
0: Yeah, he's talking to the, uh.
3: Dennis Franz, the police yeah, captain.
0: Yeah, the police chief captain guy, yeah. Mm-hmm,
3: mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: In in the airport guy's office. All right, well, okay. So, Dan, you've got the last one, and it's up to you. If you can get this point right and Josh gets it wrong, you win. So, this one. You've got to be running out of bad guys by now, right? You got some kind of service or something? Some kind of 800 number? One 800 henchman? Die hard with a vengeance. Josh.
0: I almost want to say die hard, but I think Dan's got it. You know what? I'll go ahead bite the bullet for this one, because regardless, it's uh, either I'm gonna get it right and I'm gonna win and I get to do good trivia next week, or Dan's gonna win and Dan gets to do good trivia next week. <laughs> so I'm um, just, just I think you got it, but I'm gonna go ahead and just say Die Hard. You're both wrong. It's
1: Live Free or Die Hard. Go oh, God damn it!
3: <laughs> this was a stupid game.
1: <laughs> I think this is the death. Like Tom started the
0: quiz, but we're gonna
2: kill it right here. So Dan. Tom, Tom Quilt killed the quiz. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is a tiebreaker. Whoever gets its closest gets the point, but whoever gets it right on the money gets oh double points.
3: God, like, just get it over with, please.
2: And no guessing the same answer. No guessing the same answer. Okay, so Josh, you've got this one. Oh, wait, no, I'm not going to go with that one. That's way too easy. That is way too easy. To
0: quote a Dan, oh, for fuck's sake.
2: <laughs> take the Twinkie out of your mouth and grab a pencil, will you?
3: Die hard, too. Die hard, damn it, Josh. <laughs> well, if we can't answer the same one, and whatever, die hard. Josh wins. <laughs> He's talking to
0: Reginald Val Johnson. Yeah. At the beginning, it's what he calls him. Tells him to take it out so he can accept the facts. Okay, well, Dan... You had a shitty quiz before. I've had a shitty quiz before. This was Tom's turn.
3: But this was the worst of the (laughs) shitty quizzes.
2: (laughs) It was. (laughs) It would have been fine if we'd gone with the close enough rules and you kept guessing the same John. Because I know the quotes.
3: I'm not going to guess the wrong movie on purpose.
0: Yeah, I did. And we still both got it wrong.
3: Yeah, I was like, the only one I wasn't quite sure of was the second to last one. I was tempted to give you Die Hard 1, but those are all way too easy.
2: And I figured the last one, the tiebreaker, I was going to say, I don't like to fly. But she actually did say in the first one. So it would have been a technical right if you guys get the first Die Hard. So yeah, no, there's, you both are just really bad at guessing Die Hard quotes. I honestly thought you had the live for your Die Hard quote there, Dan. Oh, well. I guess that, that tells me one thing. Tom, play the music. Uh, welcome back to another Mile High episode of The Fire Pit. Uh, I am, as always, your interspersal host, editor, and co-pilot, Tom. And if you'll look out your left window, you'll see a lovely view of John McClane fighting the personification of death on the left wing of a C-130. And if you look to your right, you'll see our nation's capital. And thank you for flying the fire pit skies with us here as we hit our cruising altitude and sail through our Groundhog's Day Parade to Punxsutawney. And the ultimate landing zone, Groundhog Day. Uh, Just as a reminder, after this destination, we'll be having a mid-season Q&A episode. So if you have any, you know, questions or anything you've been wanting to know about the show or questions for about us in general, feel free to shoot them our way. The descriptions of how to roll those questions will be provided near the end of this episode. But speaking of rolling, let's take a peek back in time and see how our team's campaign is going. Meanwhile, back at the campaign. Okay, the plane is still taking off. Dan, your character's on the wing fighting Josh's character.
1: What do you do? I, I, I use my awesome karate moves and I block all of his attacks and kick him off the plane. Seventeen! Nine! With
2: Language! Dan, Josh knocks you down! Now you're dangling off the wing. What do you do?
3: Uh, I I, I look around and I see if there's anything I can grab to climb back up.
2: All right, you see a lever that says fuel. I grab
1: it and climb back up. I kick him off. All right, roll for it! Ten!
2: 15! Not enough, Dan! You grab the fuel nozzle, but it breaks! Gasoline spraying everywhere! Blah, 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 blah. You fall off the plane and hit the ground hard! Yes! I win! I
1: finally win! Ha <laughs> <laughs> I, ha! Uh, I, uh, I like the gasoline on fire. With what? The lighter I used to light the torches from earlier when I tried to warn that plane you crashed. That is not how gasoline works! You can't do that! That is total BS! Yeah,
3: huh? I mean, you got to sneak
1: guns into an airport. But they were made of plastic. It counts!
3: Those aren't real.
1: Roll for it! Not 20! Josh, roll to save! One! Yes! Yes! Motherfucker! Darn it! Gosh darn it!
2: But. Gasoline lights on fire, trails, trail, trail. then shoots up towards the airplane, mid-air, and races up the wings, hits the fuel line, and... I roll
1: to not die! Too late! BOOSH! Josh dies
2: in fire, Dan has saved the day, gets back with his ex-wife, and they all live happily ever after. The end. Yippee-ki-yay! This, this, this is lame! so
1: stupid i totally should have had you when i trapped you in that plane and blew it up i barely got out of there with the ejection seat remember cargo planes don't have ejection seats i
2: had to when dan rolled that 20 those are the rules honestly i still can't believe how lucky he is remember the last game you jumped off that darn roof with a fire hose tied around your waist with no shoes and lived
1: well we need to check his dice next time i swear they're loaded
3: I just wish Aaron could have been here. He really sold it as cocaine friend in the last game. Maxed out all of his points on charisma, and he still rolled a one. Shame. You have to hate when it happens.
1: Yeah, this was a lot of fun, but I hate losing.
3: You know what? We need to do this again. Yes, the story is awesome. We can play it at least three more times. I
2: don't know. I mean, if you keep telling the same story over and over, won't it get old? Nah. All right, good game, guys. Good game. Good game. Huh all of this sounds so familiar. But if you have a campaign that you'd like to see our team go on, or a destination that they should aim for, or if you just want to talk in general, feel free to email us at CurtainCallEntertainmentInc at gmail.com That's CurtainCallEntertainmentInc at gmail.com just be sure to put Fire Pit in the subject line, as well as what you're emailing in regards, whether it's to host an ad, give a shout-out, ask a question, answer a question, or what have you, and send it our way. Then we'll roll our perception to make sure that we see it. Check our intelligence while we read it, and use our wisdom to never respond. Hey, that's just how the dice roll. But that email again is curtaincallentertainmentinc at gmail.com, capital C, capital C, capital E, capital I, at gmail.com. Oh! (whistles) Sounds like things are wrapping up down there. Time to begin our descent. Thank you all for listening, and as always... Good luck. And now to check on the team
3: to see how they're enjoying their movie.
0: Something tells me they're not going to celebrate long.
3: I got my dice ready.
1: Set some metal detectors first to let your ass or shit in
3: your Hey, that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> if only it hadn't been an obvious line from this movie. Both of you. It uh, look, was a good quiz. Look at me. I have a weapon on a plane. It's clearly 1990. Oh, it's only a taser. Come on. I'll tell you what, Tom. Let's go with a challenge here. You go on a plane tomorrow and brandish a taser to a random passenger. I'm, you don't have to call because I'll read about what happens in the news. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not the next day, <laughs> but live tweets as it happens. Yeah. Challenge. Another passenger white brandished a taser and he turned it on. Everybody heard the zapping. He says, no, no, no. I'm just showing it off. Now they're dragging him off the plane. They've punched him. They've punched him again. He's now unconscious. They're tasering him with his own taser and he just pooped himself. And the
3: media has to mention he's not wearing a mask. Yes. You know what? Cause that just makes him even more of an asshole. He was clearly wearing a MAGA hat.
2: No, come on, Josh. That's a line too far mega hat come on
0: no you would you wouldn't have one on but they'll just take one from the guy that they took who was on the no fly list and they'll just put it on your head as they're taking the pictures just you know salt the wound and then you'll be quoted as saying i voted for donald trump he won the election
1: (laughs) all right fine i'm not gonna do the taser challenge oh my god (laughs) the newest the newest trend on tiktok
0: hashtag fire pit taser challenge
1: Oh, no no
3: <laughs> no i accept no part of this we do not have the money for the kind of lawyers this would take that's a new york cop all right
1: they're in dc he sounds
0: like
2: a new york cop though he acts like a new york cop
0: you're from ohio your experience with new york cops are from the big screen tv
2: the big screen tv never lives josh never
0: ever yeah, th- this is totally accurate i rescind the previous statement tom you are right
2: It's official. Tom's right. I'm time-stamping that. 540. Mmm, death is looking sexy. He's really, uh, dangling that scythe there. Mm. Hey, Billy
0: Boy, uh, you might want to go hit up a tanning bed.
2: Yeah, don't... You're just bouncing those things around when you do that, dude. Don't. It might be cold. You don't
1: don't know. might be cold. Get out the underwear.
2: Oh, God! (laughs) Uh... He had some pressing matters to attend to. Stop. So you kept some low life for I'll send your fucking captain in L.A. a fucking commendation. Now, in the meantime, you get the hell out of my office. You're
3: of out of my goddamn airport. I don't know. I love this guy. He's he's every captain in a '90s cop film, but still, he's amazing. I'm gonna
2: have two.
3: You. Ooh, That's, three wow. words. That's actually three words. You should have said, like, whether you're king or street sweeper, sooner or later, you dance with the reaper.
0: <laughs> Smoking in an airport. You
3: know what you need? Still kill. Wait, don't kill. There's a cop in the room. Why is there so much goddamn steam in this airport?
2: What is wrong with their pipes? <laughs> You rolled a two. None of your bullets
3: hit.
1: Well, then can I knock over the scaffolding? Roll for it. Oh, Oh, shit.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Fifteen. He goes down. Oh, no. No. No, he rolled a twenty. He rolled a (laughs) twenty. And you killed the guy. Nah, everything else is going to go be fine. It wasn't.
2: This is a DC airport. You had a shootout in a DC airport.
0: Oh, so it's Tuesday.
3: <laughs> he had pressing. Oh, wait, Tom already used that one.
1: <laughs> but it's funny when you said it.
3: <laughs> oh, screw you. It's all in the delivery. It's all in the delivery.
2: I'm here to murder subordinates and chew bubble gum. Oh, shit, I have one more piece of bubble gum. Sorry. <laughs> 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 Would they route to different airports at this point? Because this is... Um, they said
0: they, they're... You missed the part. They started routing the farther out ones, but the ones that are low on fuel that couldn't make it, they kept them in formation because they're too far out from uh, being able to land.
2: Oh, shit.
3: Also, also, there's a major snowstorm, so...
2: Well, thank God one of them has Chief O'Brien piloting, so you know that one's going to be safe.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. They didn't.
2: How is he not dead? Twenty, twenty,
1: twenty,
0: twenty,
3: seventeen. Hey, I rolled a twenty. Oh shit!
1: Did he at least get hurt?
3: I rolled another twenty. No, the
1: mo- <laughs> the snowmobile blew up. This game is dumb.
0: Okay, so. Plot hole, yes. Why doesn't somebody use one of those air phones that they use at the beginning of the fucking movie to find out what the hell's going
2: on? Now you start poking holes in the movie. After you're right, you're right.
0: I put my brain back in momentarily. It was stupid of me.
2: That's Punky Brewster's dad. They kill Punky Brewster's dad. Oh,
3: Punky.
0: They'll explain later, but they uh just he he owns a church. You
3: can't own a church. Well, obviously, you can if you kill the guy that runs the church. That's not how that works at all, either. It does, no, it's like, own, isn't like ownership one tenth of the law or something like that? Nine tenths of the law?
0: No, I think you're right. It's one tenth of the law because you only own one tenth of your possessions. Corporations own the other nine tenths. So naturally, it leans towards them.
3: Right. But if 10 of us walked into a church and killed the one guy in the church, could, do we split the ownership 10 ways?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. That's that's exactly how it works.
3: Okay. I, t- I just want thanks for clearing that up, Josh. New fire mm-hmm.
0: pit challenge. Hashtag fire pit by a church.
3: Wow. We're talking about killing pastors in churches and carrying tasers on planes. Um,
0: and we're not even 15 minutes into this movie.
3: <laughs> maybe we should come with a warning label. We might need to change that disclaimer. Disclaimer, don't do anything
2: we tell you to do on this podcast. No, seriously, that is now official. I'm going to put that at the beginning of this. Disclaimer, don't do what we tell you to do in this episode. Tom, edit that out. Everywhere, steam! (laughs) Seriously! (laughs) Well, if the first Die Hard movie was any indication, as soon as government officials of any capacity get in, Everything goes to plan.
3: Ronald Reagan always said the, the words you never want to hear is "I'm here from the government and I'm here to help." Ronald Reagan, the actor. Oh God, did. I, I didn't damn. think it through. I didn't think it through. I'm sorry. No. God damn it, no. Take a drink. <laughs> damn it, I didn't. Oh my God. I regret those words.
1: You did this to yourself. Haha,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got him stuck. I'm gonna shoot out the windows. Roll for it. Eighteen. You shoot out the windows, but since you were aiming for the windows, none of the bullets
2: hit Dan.
0: Well, I'm not look aiming for him. I want to throw all my grenades in the windows. I should have three left. Roll for it.
1: 16. All the grenades get in. Dan, what do you do?
3: Uh Oh, shit. Um, uh, I roll uh, for an ejection seat. Roll for it. All right. Cargo planes don't have
0: ejection
2: seats. This one does. It's a military, um, military cargo plane. I'll allow it. I rolled a twenty. All right, you pull the ejection seat, it launches.
1: Cargo planes don't have ejection seats. But the parents thats bullshit. He rolled a twenty.
0: Well, given that there's no ejection seats on cargo planes,
3: there was on this one. I rolled a twenty.
0: Uh this entire campaign is ridiculous.
3: Sound the horn, boys. Tell him how to bring those sons of bitches down. Mm.
2: Wrong movie, but you know what? No. No, this is exactly the right movie. (laughs) Wrong time, but right movie.
1: (laughs) Hey, Blaine, you did this parking thing in front of my airport? Yeah. Ah, what the hell? It's Christmas!
2: You caused this! You (laughs) didn't get to! No! This photoplay is not sponsored or approved by anyone with half a brain, a quarter of a brain, or a fraction of a brain. Because this film is dumb. This film is dumb as hell. And now, back to the episode. Oh god, this film was bad. And it is
3: 2.20. This was a long film. It felt long. It's almost exactly two hours long.
0: Damn. It felt like an hour and a half. It felt like three hours so die hard 2 die harder starts with bruce willis's car getting towed which we find out is not his car but his mother-in-law's car so what happens then well he goes in and uh he sees some questionable men walking into the back i'm skipping over a lot because i don't want to think about it into the back of the uh baggage claim area so he goes into the baggage claim finds them fights them and kills one of them true to form Gets bitched out by the cop captain guy who's there. He uh, doesn't want to shut down the airport on Christmas Eve because, you know, why do his job? He apparently sucks at it. So then we come to find out that after that, the uh, terrorists decide to take over the airport successfully and without any resistance. They take over the airport and um, shut out all the uh, running lights and strand all of the planes up top, give them a few minutes to say their goodbyes. Basically say they're going to go quiet for a while people in the airport they try to connect to an uplink on another communications array on another annex well they go there get ambushed and everybody dies except for the tower controller guy and bruce willis they don't really explain it because apparently m16s aren't uh, very good so um after that uh, they decides like okay well what you get for trying to save people in the planes is we're going to crash a plane so uh miles o'brien pilots a plane directly into the ground killing everybody on board and then after that they try to land another plane that is not theirs hilarity ensues it's the crime lord from i can't think of the name valverde the country he's on a military escort being extradited to the united states so they intercept he lands bruce willis does not die again somehow manages to uh get locked into the cabin as bullets are raining upon him and then grenades and then somehow a magical ejection seat appears and he escapes the last moment for the 15th time by this point in the picture so he escapes and they i totally forgot to talk about the uh military uh group that came in but that's okay I forgot a lot about watching this movie I didn't have my brain (laughs) attached as I was watching it so at one point a group of military guys came on they were helping out and then suddenly they turned and betrayal they were bad guys Bruce Willis catches up with them fights one on a wing throws him into the engine fights the second one gets thrown off doesn't break any bones just enough injury to limp towards the end of it lights a Trail of fuel on fire and blows up the plane. The end. I'm just going to say that the quicker summary of this was it's die hard in an airport. The end. Should have done that way. I should have done that way. Tom, go ahead and edit that one in instead. <laughs> die hard to die harder. It's die hard in an airport. The end. But yes, that was die hard to die harder. So, Tom, <laughs> I want, <laughs> I know your feelings by, about it, just by the tone of your voice now. I want to hear what you think about this movie. I so, don't. Tom, give those final thoughts.
2: Fuck this movie. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> okay. So, you know, we joked about this be- being like a DD and d campaign, but this felt as logical as a D campaign tell me how does a film that started the die hard in a dot 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 genre feel like the laziest die hard in a dot 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 film this was speed without any thought and less fun oh my god can i please have two hours of my life back oh my god I think it boils down to that all of this just boils down to willful incompetence on everyone's part. Everything could have been solved if person one used brain cell two on any of this. And I I need to slow down because there's just so much wrong. It's piling up when you have a shooting in a D.C. airport. I don't care if it's the 1990s or the 1890s. You shut the fucker down. Yeah, the cop may have been an asshole, but the air traffic control guy was shown to be at least partially competent. Why did he not shut his own goddamn airport down? And then it just tumbles down from there. They took their time to explain how they were able to sneak guns onto the airport. That's the only thing they even cared to try to explain. It's like, where did they get guns on? Oh, they're ceramic. We'll throw that line in. But they didn't care about anything else. They didn't care about this film. They just wanted to make money. And it just comes out in buckets. Dear Lord. Uh, It's dumb. It's so goddamn Lazy dumb, and maybe a part of it too is comes down to with the first diehard or any of these other diehards in a dot dot dot, they keep it limited to the space it's taking place. Speed, ninth majority of the film, the really tense stuff took place in the bus, and that was the majority of the film, and those were the best parts. Any other film they take place in location, this one had him going from the airport to the runway, to the church, to the everywhere else. And he had other people helping him. Very competent people who at any point, had they used Brain 1 in the beginning, would have resolved this. And that's what really took me out of it. Because you look at all these people, military people with M16s, which actually, Josh, as we both know, having shot M16s, yeah, those suck, should have resolved this. At any point. And it comes down to they, they had to be lazy and dumb and stupid because plot. Because die hard. And now, I'm going to just step back. And Josh, you say you like this film. Why? <laughs> Why
3: do you like this film? Defend yourself, sir. <laughs> well, okay.
0: To be fair. To be fair. I haven't actually watched this movie in its entirety, with an objective uh, lens, in twenty years, thirty years, <laughs> it's always on in the background. As is most stuff that I do watch. I'm hard, like I always, I'm hardly ever focusing on a movie. Yes, all of the points there are still dumb, but I still like watching this movie, regardless of all the ridiculousness in it. But yes, there is. It's one of those things. It's like I'm probably just sunken cost fallacy i've enjoyed this movie for so long i can't not like it
2: (laughs) is it the action scenes that literally draw you in or i mean what what really like
0: no i like some of the twists and the turns that the movie does make but no it is definitely a dumb action 90s romp i still do enjoy it it is very low (laughs) on the mental requirements that you have to do i mean i think i i I, I kept myself mentally uh, connected to this film by all the mental gymnastics I was doing trying to justify various aspects of it.
2: Which you did well. I'm not going to lie. There were reports like, oh, Josh makes no way. No, this makes still makes no sense. Why am I agreeing with Josh? Well, because uh,
0: the logic makes sense, but the logic in the movie doesn't make sense. Like Bruce Willis should not have be f- been firing a thing of blanks. In the middle of a crowded room full of policemen. <laughs> yeah.
3: So he would have been shot down within seconds.
0: But, uh, um, or
2: surviving an exploding snowmobile.
0: But yeah, yeah, it's, uh, like I said, I still enjoy it. Just honestly, if it was any other movie, I probably wouldn't like it. But it, because it's diehard, I like it. Like if you would have given me diehard, diehard in an airplane or in an airport, I'd be like, eh. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. And I acknowledge that going into it. But when I watched this movie for the first time in the 90s, I loved it. But watching it now as an adult, yes, it's, I'm repeating myself, ridiculous, but I still like it because I feel like at this point I have to. Nigel! (laughs)
1: What?
0: What are your expectations? Actually, real quick.
1: I know what my expectations were.
0: Tom, did you recommend this to anyone?
1: We're not at that part yet, Josh.
0: I wanted to do it just to preempt you. Dan, so what are your final thoughts on this film?
3: Well, my final thoughts are this is not the worst Die Hard sequel. It's the second worst Die Hard sequel. Um, I have to agree with Tom. Yeah, I never really thought about it. I've always kind of had this thought about this movie that it's just too safe of a sequel. It's too much of a sequel. That there, there, There's such a thing as too much of a sequel. This is almost exact contrast of my thoughts from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey last week when I mentioned... That I applauded Bogus Journey for having a completely different th- plot than the first Bill and Ted movie and not retreading the exact same plot threads, which I really enjoyed. And not even, they didn't even recycle a lot of the same jokes. But this movie almost just takes the plot of Die Hard and moves it to an airport and it becomes almost too much. Like it has a lot of the same story beats as some of the same jokes and humor. Um, which works in some scenes, but doesn't work in other scenes. And then it just kind of ups the body count and ups the violence a little bit. And I wouldn't say ups the stakes, but definitely ups the, uh, The location, because like Tom said, it's all over the place. It's almost like playing a Call of Duty game. You just keep going from one action set piece to the next action set piece to the next action set piece. And you don't really get a whole lot of time to recover from it, except for a few quippy one-liners from the hero. I don't know. This movie's, I think it's enjoyable if it's an action film. And I think it would be even more enjoyable as a dumb 90s action film if it wasn't the sequel to the best action movie ever. That's my main problem with it. Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And maybe it's
2: because it's unfocused in its serial escalation. Because you made a point there, Nigel. They're trying to up the stakes. It's in an airport. You got airplanes, but they don't know how to focus that in to make you feel like it's bigger.
3: Yeah, but they but in the next sequel, Die Hard with a Vengeance does have bigger stakes in more locations, but they focus the plot a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And they make it they make it almost a truer sequel because you know the the bad guy is Hans Gruber's brother. And it's both a revenge plot and a, a money a, like he wants to steal a bunch of money like his brother wanted to. So Die Hard with a Vengeance feels like it's more of a true sequel than this movie does. This movie almost feels like a cash grab. I don't know. It's just Part of it I like. I like some of the one liners. I like the humor. And I think Bruce Willis is still really good in this film. But overall, I just think the plot is really lazy and it's almost too safe. You know, it is definitely yeah.
0: safe. I think it mixes it up just enough to be entertaining mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. 80s audiences.
2: Like, it counts on people having seen the film, like, knowing these people, because it's barely a year old. Which is why they just rush things at the beginning, like, die hard, and go!
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. they don't do any character introductions at all. Yeah. Except for naked bad guy at the beginning, and even then it's not that much of a deal. So, it's just basically a way of telling the audience, this is the bad guy, because he's doing Tai Chi free balling but okay awesome like i said this would probably be a decent enough action movie on its own but it's unfortunately it's the sequel to the greatest action movie of all time
2: i mean i'll give it this much i mean the directing wasn't bad but i mean i don't know it's, i'm trying to find a thing to defend this film but it's just it comes down to the story it doesn't matter how good the directing is if, if the story's bad it's bad and this was bad. It
0: was definitely a by-the-numbers action film. Yeah, like, if this would have came out before... Okay, let me ask you a question. Do you guys think that if this movie, not obviously as a sequel to Die Hard, but say beat for beat, everything is the same, came out before Die Hard, it would have been as a successful as Die Hard? Yeah,
3: I do, and like I said, I just said it would have been a perfectly serviceable and awesome action film if it wasn't the sequel to Die Hard.
0: Oh, yeah, I know, but I'm if if it was if it was the first Die Hard, if it was the first Die Hard, do you think it would have been as successful?
3: I don't know cuz part of the charm of the first Die Hard was that it was a, a shift in the action movie genre. Like the you know we'll, and we we'll talk about it if we ever get to Die Hard 1. I'd love to do that movie someday. Um you know back then in the 80s when that movie was made the action movie genre was dominated by Stallone and Schwarzenegger playing invincible superheroes with M60 machine mm-hmm. guns. They never got shot. They never showed any vulnerability and they killed all the bad guys with quippy one-liners. And then, and they always carried the heaviest machine gun that the camera could get on film. And then uh, Die Hard comes around and Bruce Willis is doesn't look anything like Schwarzenegger or Stallone gets a pithy little nine millimeter through most of the movie is a regular cop loses his shoes. So he runs around the whole movie barefoot and he's up against some serious odds uh, and out of his element too, because he's not even in the same city that he's
0: Dan, I already did the summary for the film.
3: Oh, I I'm, <laughs> but just, no, no, I'm just saying that if this, <laughs> if this had come out before Die Hard, would it have been as successful as Die Hard. This movie, no. If it was a Die Hard clone with a different cast, like if it hadn't just been one of those Die Hard copycat movies with a like, well, like Speed was. Speed's a Die Hard copycat. If this had been a movie like Speed that didn't have Bruce Willis in the lead role and didn't have didn't take place in the Die Hard universe, probably would have been better. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah i didn't have to agree with nigel on this one if die hard 2 would come out first it would have just felt like a knockoff action film and no one would have noticed it i i don't know if that's better or worse but it just is what it is uh yeah yeah, yeah 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 i
3: i really do feel like die hard with a vengeance is a better sequel to this film than this one Like, I really wish they would have just skipped this one and gone straight to Die Hard with a Vengeance.
2: Yes, because, you know, gold hidden under Wall Street is far more believable a story than this
3: entire film. I'm just talking about how they did something different. Like, it just, it wasn't a the numbers sequel to die hard even even live free or die hard that movie's stupid as hell but it's still different than die hard so like i said this is not the worst die hard sequel that's still definitely a good day to die hard but this is the second worst
2: and now i now i think we're all in a holding pattern above an airport that's gonna blow up <laughs> to blow up i don't know never... the
3: airport was never gonna blow up it was all about the planes the hostages were the people on the airplanes Not the people in the airport.
2: I wish they had focused a little bit more on that. Maybe would have felt those stakes. But I didn't feel those stakes. And I understand why the chick didn't come back for the third film. Because, like, you're just going to sit in an airplane for two hours. Uh, Okay. But I'm stepping back. I'm done. I've said my piece. Yeah. Still,
0: keep in mind, (laughs) it's not the highest grossing Die Hard film, but it's the one Die Hard film that made the most profit.
3: Because it was the sequel to Die Hard.
0: This is true. This is true.
3: That definitely helped it. That definitely helped it. Die Hard made buckets of money is hugely popular, lauded by critics, lauded by the audience. I can definitely see why this immediate sequel would make a shit ton of money.
0: Well, truthfully, it only made about $50 million. Well, 55 $55 million profit, the first Die Hard. The second Die Hard made... Eh. About forty-ish. I had a
2: higher budget too. Yeah, it? almost, almost, almost
0: fifty. Forty-seven, 47 million. So, yeah, Die Hard mm-hmm. two made forty-seven million dollars profit.
3: Well, maybe I had my numbers wrong when I was doing my facts and figures, but I'm just saying I can see why this movie made a ton of money. It's the sequel to Die Hard, and that definitely would have helped its marketing.
0: No, I'm just looking at the showdown of all of them. So yeah, so yeah, the first Die Hard made more profit. Um, die Hard with a Vengeance actually only made a uh, ten million dollars profit. Live Free or Die Hard. Looks like it made $24 million profit. And A Good Day to Die Hard actually lost the studio $25 million.
3: That sounds about right. Yeah, it looks like it made a bunch of money because it made like $311 million in the box office. But if you account for its advertising, it made shit.
0: Domestic gross didn't None of them made... uh Worldwide gross, they did pretty well. But like uh A Good Day to Die Hard made... 67 million domestically, it made 304 worldwide. Oh, shit.
3: I, and I also think about the other action movies that came out around this same time because this is like 1990 to 1994, which I consider a pretty good couple of years for action films and their sequels. Like, I think about like Lethal Weapon, awesome movie, but Lethal Weapon 2 is also really good because it's not the exact same plot as Lethal Weapon 1. Um, same with uh Terminator 2 versus Terminator 1, like, not the exact same plot, so um. Aliens compared to Alien, you know, like they're not the same exact plot. So
0: yeah, very rarely does a sequel live up to the original. Yeah, am I right?
3: Yeah, I and mean, very rarely does it surpass it.
2: Well, no, for a while there, the trend was. Well, I think after this film, well, no, Superman two, Superman two did, and then the second Pirates
3: and Godfather two, Godfather two,
2: and uh, made... Star Trek True Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. So, no, actually, up until most recently, I think. It depends on the sequel. This was not one of those rules It was an exception to the sequel is better than the original. Yeah, it's like this one is
0: about it doesn't have the charm, mm. but it is about the same.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: It definitely rehashes it, it... the uh plot and rehashes some of the other stuff. Like if it was a comedy, it would rehash the same jokes.
3: Yeah, like yeah. I said, it's it's almost like I said, it's a complete contrast from the last sequel we watched, which was Bill and Ted's bogus journey. And I forgot to mention, I even wrote it down in my notes. I was telling Tom when we were doing our uh, table read and all that the other night. Uh, I even wrote it in my notes that I thought Bogus Journey was funnier than Excellent Adventure. I remember laughing more. Mm-hmm. and Because it's it's a different film. So, I don't know. And I, I think a good sequel, like, you know, Lethal Weapon 2 and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, they add a few characters that help it. And this one, all the characters they added, with the exception of Dennis Fran's police captain, I I could have done without almost all of them.
2: And even he didn't add anything. He was just asshole captain. Yeah. Generic asshole. Yeah. He was just
0: there to be a roadblock for, uh, Mm -hmm. John McClane. I mean, he was just there to stop him or at least bitch him out about something. Nine times out of 10, he was told to shut up and, color
3: right yeah and <laughs> shut up in color it's a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah but i mean like i'm just thinking about other sequels like you know the lethal weapon 2 added joe pesci's character you know and, and and yeah he gets annoying by number four but number two he's awesome i thought
0: he was added in the third one
3: no joe pesci's added in the sec- second one i thought it was there in the beginning no he's no. not in the first one he's the check of that franchise but he's um he's he's not in the first one he's mm-hmm. in, but he, he gets introduced in the second one he's the accountant for the uh Diplomatic immunity people, or something. So, yeah. And,
2: but in this one, yeah, they had the chief, they had, uh, or the captain, they had the, I, what was he, like a maintenance
3: man? Yeah, the runway maintenance guy, the, the, the guy, I I, got, the, I I know he's not, but I keep calling him the guy that's living under the, the airport, even though it's not where he lives. But, um, yeah, they had the, the airport maintenance guy, they had the police chief captain, then they had, um, uh, all oh, the, the well the obviously the antagonists and um B-B- the other, reporter the other the news reporter chick. Like all of the new characters, quote unquote new characters introduced in this movie, I I'm like, they're not memorable mm. at all. Unlike Samuel L. Jackson and Justin Long and Live Free and uh Die Hard with a Vengeance. Like their yeah, characters who, are memorable. I don't even
0: remember the- I don't even remember the uh, son, the guy who played the son in Die Hard Five.
3: Nobody remembers anything about Die Hard Five. No,
2: it takes place in Russia. That's it. That's all I know. That's... It's pretty awful. Oh gods, yes. It's.
0: But so I've, I've said all I can say about it. i Oh no, shit! It was Jay Courtney. I don't know who that cat is. Who's Jay Courtney? He played uh, a lot of like blah characters. Oh, yeah, you know yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. He played Kyle Reese in Terminator Genesis. Oh. He played uh, Boomerang and Suicide Squad. He plays a lot of blase characters because he's not that good of an
2: actor. Yeah, he's he was good. at least partially memorable as Boomerang just because he had. Yeah, he was good here. at
0: Boomerang. He was good at Boomerang. I'll give him that. But yeah, it's like I thought he was generic as hell. And yeah, Terminator Genesis. Of course, that movie was generic as hell.
3: And. A couple years later, Terminator Dark Fate comes out and reminds us that Genesis is not the worst thing that happened to the Terminator franchise.
2: Kind of like how Live Free or Die Hard reminds us that Die Hard 2 is not the worst Die Hard.
3: Yeah, yeah. Speaking
2: about bad sequels. Yes. But to answer your question earlier, Josh, no. No, yes. No, I recommend this film. I recommend this film if you want to hurt your friends and make them suffer. Watch this film with them. Watch them cry.
0: Okay, so follow up to that question then, to Nigel. Did it work?
3: (laughs) Yes. Yes, it did. (laughs) I stand by that. All right. Well, I guess that does it for tonight's show. Uh, As a reminder, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to like and subscribe as it really does help the podcast out.
0: And uh, be sure to join us on Discord, have some fun interacting with us, talking amongst us and our uh, other awesome fans. Feel free to suggest movie paths, um, critique the paths that we did choose, the movies that we watched. I try to ignite conversation here and there, but you can also find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just as a reminder, after this journey, so in a few weeks from now, we're going to be having a mid-season Q&A session where we're going to discuss the season and um, have questions from the uh audience so to speak so if you want to ask your questions feel free to ask those questions on any medium of choice and we'll be sure to answer those on that episode a special episode that's coming out here in a little bit we will probably answer every single question that comes in just fyi any question specifically about tom any question definitely no questions no. About and tom. even if tom doesn't answer me and dan will answer them so ask the questions doesn't matter what they are we'll answer them
2: Asterix. No, he won't. Yes, he will. <laughs> but if, if you happen to want to ask those questions old school style or just want to reach out to us old school style in general, you can also email us at our email, as mentioned back in the interspersal. If you want to talk sponsorships in particular or you know provide any feedback or submissions, the links to the email and all social media can be found in the episode's description at firepit.podbean.com dot com excellent i
3: thought so i'd like to give a special shout out to peggy friend of the channel uh thanks always for listening uh other shout outs to uh some workmates that are listening to the show thanks for listening uh travis and others i appreciate it it's just a little project i like doing and i'm glad to be sharing it with the rest of you
0: i would like to give a shout out to my dad not my mom because she apparently says we cuss too much so my dad says fuck you out of that and fist pumps me or fist bumps the air type thing. So thanks Dad. I always appreciate it. And um as always, shout out to Zencaster for saving our butts as always. And for some reason screwing with Dan's recordings. <laughs> and uh Sink Lounge and Plex. Thank you. Shout out to you guys.
2: If you ever want to sponsor us, by the way Zencaster. Um I think they
0: have bigger fish that uh use their platform than us.
2: But every fish counts in this pond. And we're not above taking any kind of money.
0: This is true. (laughs) We are cheap dates.
2: We are very cheap dates, Zencaster. So for myself, though, I'll give a shout out to my mom, even though she also says we cuss too much. But in particular, I want to shout out to some of our Facebook followers, Dyson, Kelkel, and Brianna. Last names with Hope because privacy. Uh we still have a lot more to get through. We have a couple hundred plus and a few more that are coming in here and there daily. So we want to thank you for sliding in. Hopefully you're enjoying the podcast, sharing it out, and helping to keep this fire pit burning.
0: So um if Tom loved this week's movie, I feel like he's going to really like next week's
2: movie. What are we watching next week, Josh?
3: Oh, it's funny you mentioned that, Tom.
2: Oh, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's an asteroid. A big goddamn
0: asteroid.
3: (laughs) It's the size of Texas, sir. We're going to be following Bruce Willis to Armageddon, where uh, NASA teaches drillers how to be astronauts instead of the other way around, which would probably be easier. So I don't want to miss a thing of that. Yeah, I can't wait to see all the scientific accuracy that movie has to offer. Honestly, the only positive about that movie is it's not Deep Impact.
2: Yeah, but then
0: you don't have Robert Duvall. You got s- Stephen Tyler.
2: You also get Liv Tyler, though. So
0: you do get Liv Tyler. You yeah, do get some yeah. Tyler. and you do and get Billy Bob. Bob. Yeah, Billy Bob,
3: and Ben Affleck.
0: Ben Affleck. Ben
1: Affleck. Affleck. Ben Affleck.
3: All right. Well, well, uh, well. We look forward to uh, having you join us next week as we um, watch Michael Bay
0: Armageddon on. Yeah,
3: Armageddon it on with Aerosmith. Uh, Until then, I've been Dan.
2: I've been Josh. And
3: I've been Tom. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Curtain Call Entertainment, LLC. Stay safe out there. (laughs) I, uh, I light the gasoline on fire.
1: With what?
3: The lighter I used to light the torches from earlier when I tried to warn that plane you crashed.
1: So, did you get all that, Steven? Yes, I did, Doug. (laughs) (laughs) I think we have our next Hollywood blockbuster. I love being a Hollywood executive. (laughs) High fives. High fives.